Theater of Heels, Chapter 22, Behind the Curtain The woman in the skimpy leotard adjusted her massive battle axe, strapped to her back, as she sat at the table. On the tray she carried was a salad, a cup of yogurt, and a diet soda. Erica briefly wondered how she didn't expose herself by doing anything more complex than standing. A silverback gorilla with a glass dome revealing his brain sat down on one side of the battle axe armed woman, and a humanoid amoeba slopped down on the other side. The amoeba man grasped his tray with pseudopod-like hands and shoved its contents, a plate of chocolate chip cookies and a couple raw eggs, into the center of his torso region, at which point the food dissolved with disgusting efficiency. Erica stared in horrified fascination as the amoeba man devoured his food. The table's primate companion pulled her attention next as he voraciously ate a slice of sausage and pepperoni pizza with his foot, while he showed them pictures of his kids from his wallet. Erica pondered, where did he keep his wallet? He wasn't wearing any clothes. For that matter, weren't all gorillas vegetarians? What do you mean you're out of honey buns? Erica turned around to see a villain, or rather heel, with white hot flames emitting from his exposed head and arms. He gestured wildly as he roared at the impassive baker behind the counter. The other customers behind him began to back away as the tray slider in front of the baker's display began to glow bright orange a moment before it melted. The baker nodded to the bubbling metal. You're going to have to pay for that, Scorchkin. I don't run this establishment to take your emotional abuse. Now turn that fire of yours down so we could talk civilly. Or I'll exercise my right to refuse service. Scorchkin's eyes went white. You can't talk to me that way. I'm a heel. Yeah, yeah, many of my customers are, but I don't see any of them having a temper or temperature tantrums here. You will act civil or you will leave. Stunned, Scorchkin looked around for support. Everyone looked back at him with expressions of amusement, irritation, or indifference. He sighed and extinguished his flames, revealing a skinny, bald man with a petulant face. I'm sorry, I just really wanted a honey bun, he whined. Well, I don't have any, and I won't make a new batch until tomorrow, the bakers told him firmly. Scorchkin's shoulders sagged. But... I was looking forward to them all day. The baker sighed. Tell you what. Why don't you have a nice scone today? Tomorrow, when I make a new batch, I'll put one to the side and save it for you. Does that sound fair? Yes, sir. Scorchkin answered quietly. The baker nodded. Good. Now about my calendar. I apologize for taking so long. Weatherman sat down with two trays piled with food. The buffet line took an eternity. Apparently, I was in line behind Zombies, the Human Continent, and Captain Insatiable. They had to prepare all new courses from scratch. Hmm. I don't know about you, my dear, but I am simply famished. Do you want me to go back and get you something? She pointed to his dual trays. That's all for you? As they say, secure your own oxygen mask first. How can you eat all that? She asked. I believe it has something to do with my powers. The more I use them, the hungrier I am. Something to do with my powers, burning my energy stores, or something like that. It all sounds like pseudoscience to me, and frankly, it flies over my head. 
Regardless, I will share, of course. The starving artist in me does not like to see my compatriots go hungry. Thanks. I'm good. She held up her soda. I'm not that hungry. Well, you cannot accuse me of not inquiring into your well-being. He heaped a fork full of pasta into his mouth. Erica watched him gorge, utterly fascinated by how such a thin man could pack in so much. Erica felt like she was putting on pounds just watching him eat. After several silent moments punctuated by occasional burps and followed by an eloquent, Pardon me? Erica couldn't take it anymore. Will you please tell me what's going on? He dabbed his mouth with a napkin as he looked at her thoughtfully. I suppose now is as good a time as any. My dear Miss Belfry, everything you know about the dichotomy of superheroes and their adversaries is a lie. She waved a hand at the room at large. I've gathered. We all work for the same people. A clandestine organization known unofficially as The Board. She raised an eyebrow. Unofficially? I did say that we were a clandestine organization, did I not? If The Board has an official title, no one has taken the time to inform me or anyone else I have spoken to. He looked up and around anxiously. Not that I sought out such conversations. Anyways, I digress. The fact that is certain is that anyone who bears the title of super before their particular affiliation is subject to their whims. What does that mean? It means every battle you read, watched, or heard about between superheroes and their adversaries are in fact staged. Staged? Weatherman nodded. Yes. You mean it's all fake? She asked incredulously. Shh! Weatherman frantically waved her to silence, but it was too late. All around them, the conversations immediately ceased. Weatherman looked about nervously, and Erica followed suit. The tension in the cafeteria became palpable. Everyone who sat in their circumference of the few tables around them, including the skimpily dressed woman and her amoeba and gorilla companions, glared at them. Just beyond them, Scorchkin, who just started to enjoy his hard-earned scone, burst into flames. He glanced down at his now burnt pastry and muttered, Dang it! Weatherman sighed and stood up. I apologize, folks. My companion and I did not mean to offend anyone. She has just blundered into the door of our world and signed her contract not an hour past. Erica stared as everyone's reactions as they took in Weatherman's words. Their expressions instantly changed from offended to somber understanding. Slowly, they all looked away and subdued conversations returned. The battle axe woman leaned over to them and said to Merely, I'm so sorry. How are you holding up? Dumbfounded, Erica could only shake her head. I'm not sure yet. The battle axe woman nodded sagely and offered her a sad smile before she returned to her companions in a hushed conversation. Erica thought she might have overheard her say, Poor girl, under her breath. Erica looked at Weatherman wide-eyed as he sat back down. What was that all about? Listen, princess. After everything we've been through today, we can afford to cut you some slack. However, 
for everyone's sake, let's establish some quick ground rules. We supers tend to be a touchy lot. First rule you need to know. What we do isn't. He looked around. Fake. It may be orchestrated. It may be under false pretenses. But what we do is never fake. Erica nodded dubiously. I'm not sure that I follow. It means, earlier today when you found me robbing that bank, I was told where to go, when to go, and what to rob. So you were stealing that money on behalf of the board? Oh, heavens no. The board has more money than Fort Knox. They do get a cut of any earned proceeds, but I think that's more of a tax, as it were. You're a super criminal and you still pay taxes? <sighs> do not get me started on that, princess, he sighed. The fact is, when you saw me earlier today, I was robbing that bank. I get to keep the money gained, minus the board's 20% cut. What do you do with all that money? Weatherman shrugged with a small smile. I have recently grown accustomed to a certain standard of living, but that's hardly the point. What I wish to draw your attention to was my reaction when I realized that you were not in fact an officially licensed superhero. She nodded. Your reaction did strike me as odd. I should say so. I was distressed. I may be a heel, but that doesn't necessarily equate to me being a bad person. I was well aware of the boards and in fact most heroes' attitudes towards unlicensed vigilantes. There you were, standing in front of me, boldly as you please, when I knew I had a scheduled hero coming. I naturally did not know who it was, but knew it was sleek. I would have taken more drastic steps to get rid of you. It was well known amongst us here that sleek hates costume vigilantes more than anyone else, particularly gadgeteers. Erica's hand went to her throat. Why gadgeteers? Weatherman shook his head as he took another bite of food. I haven't the foggiest. I had heard she encountered one unlicensed gadgeteer a few years back as they tried, like you, to stop an armed robbery. Rumor has it, she put the poor bugger into the hospital. It's been said that that unlucky sod will never walk again. Erica blanched. That's horrible. Weatherman waved his fork. As I said, she hates vigilantes more than us heels. Why would she hate someone like me more than someone like you? Think about it. To Sleek and all other heroes, really, super battles are their bread and butter. Any scab or unlicensed vigilante who comes along to do what they do out of some misguided sense of altruism is akin to stealing money directly from their hot little hero hands. I don't understand. How am I stealing money from them when you're literally taking money from a bank? My dear, you have inadvertently stumbled into a hundred billion dollar industry. They don't care about the money I take. It's insured, so the bank gets it back. The board, meanwhile, has investments in that bank, and due to some very creative investment clauses, they garner some profit. In turn... I'm told they invest in the insurance company soon afterwards when they take a significant stock market hit. Then, 
They gain income from the bank's increased insurance premiums. Then you get into the realm of advertising and broadcasting. The board secretly owns more than one broadcast company, including many of whose broadcasts have opposing viewpoints. They utilize all those floating cameras to follow the superheroes around in the name of accountability and evidence documentation. These ad footage for the day's adventures. Supplement that with every security camera recording and our society's glorious propensity for recording and posting anything interesting with our smartphones. The amount of cash they procure from advertising promos on TV, newspapers, magazines, e-zines, and social media alone is mind-boggling. Then, to cap that off, all that excitement of bottle cascades into a thriving tourism industry. The masses come in droves to the city of Majestic, hoping to witness some of the action up close and personal. They take a tour in the Capes Courts facility at $85 a head. They stop at their gift shops and buy overpriced pieces of propaganda like the Capes Corps action figures and sanctioned memoirs and t-shirts. I used to tour the Cape Corps every year. It was something of a birthday tradition, Erica said in a small voice. Exactly my point. Then you consider the income coming from the bus tours, both sanctioned and unsanctioned ones. Doesn't really matter because the board owns both. People go on a kind of superhero well watch to all the known hot spots, and when you know it, they all see a little something. In fact, one in five of those tours see at least one battle between a superhero and a heel. That is when the amount of money spent on the merchandise goes up dramatically. Weatherman waves his hands around to the facility at large. All of this stems from the masses wanting to watch and be superheroes. Erica looked around the heroes walking, eating, and talking around her. Thousands of hours of footage flashed through her mind's eye. When do superheroes get out of all of this? She asked in a quiet voice. Weatherman smiled. They get to be famous and admired. The Capes Corps pays them handsomely, and I'm told they all get a bonus if they apprehend their perpetrator. And that's before you add in the endorsement deals they garner, which become more lucrative the more famous you become. However, that's where we come in. A hero cannot be perceived as a darling without someone to challenge their mettle. In short, every hero needs a foe. We are the Moriarty to their Sherlock Holmes. We are the bad they must measure their good against. So what you're saying is the board orchestrates these battles between superheroes and supercriminals like some sort of public professional wrestling match? That's why the board calls you guys heels? You're like bad guys in professional wrestling and the superheroes are like crowd-pleasing baby faces? Weatherman frowned. Not the most pleasant of comparisons, but it's fairly accurate. Erica's lip trembled. Then... Everything I've dreamed of and worked for my entire life is one big fat lie? Weatherman nodded. He eyed her as warily as he would a jumper on a precipice. I'm sorry to say this, but yes. Erica burst into tears. Thank you for listening to this episode of Theater of Heels. I hope you enjoyed my tale of heroes and villains. If you like this story, perhaps you might like other tales created by me, Christopher Chansey. My other podcast, The Skies Embrace, is an epic fantasy that follows the exploits of the crew of the skyship The Maiden's Arrow, 
as they navigate the perils of the clouds. I also have another podcast titled Stories by the Fire. It's an eclectic range of short stories and longer epics told in a darker ambiance. All these tales and more are available on my website, ChristopherChancy.com, and my YouTube channel. Theater of Heels and my other novels are also available on Amazon.com and other fine book retailers. If you'd like to support my work, please consider joining my Patreon family at patreon.com slash Christopher Chansey. There you get exclusive insights and sneak peeks into my work, projects, artwork, and novels, as well as get access to exclusive merch. As always, thank you for stopping by and listening. May your journey always be a heroic one. Farewell. <laughs>